challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to dive right into a story that I am excited to tell you because it's going to challenge some assumptions in our society. Let's get to it. When you were in school, you probably had to read a book called Lord of the Flies. It's a pretty powerful story about British schoolboys who get shipwrecked to an island and then they descend into barbarism. This book was written by uh, William Golding in 1954. He's a British playwright, later won the Nobel Prize for Literature. And this book really caught on probably because of its critique of civilization at a troubled time in our history. And so we've all had to read this book. We've all had to read Lord of the Flies. We've all had to read about how these British schoolboys shipwrecked on a deserted island descend into barbarism. They descend into tribes. They have, there's violence, there's murder, uh, there's killing, there's paganism. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's just an ugly scene. And what it is, is a commentary on society. Hey, society, Golding is saying, is just a thin veneer of control. It's just a thin veneer. But human beings, particularly males, can descend into barbarism at any time. Well, To challenge this story that we've all had to read and has shaped our society with its understanding of civilization uh, is an actual true story that occurred in 1965. And I'm going to tell you this story very quickly. In 1965, six bored schoolboys on the island of Tonga out in the Pacific stole a whaling boat and wanted to sail to the far more exciting Fiji. Well, they, they, they were stupid to try to do it this way. They left without even a map on a stolen whaling boat. And uh, Fiji was 500 miles away. The boys didn't take any food or water. Of course, they're sailing on salt water, which they can't drink. They have no food on the boat. They get caught up in rough seas. They get caught up in storms. And they are on that boat for eight days being driven by the wind. Eight days, no food, no water, eight days. Finally, they spy an island. They spot an island. uh, We now know is called Ata, A-T-A, a a deserted spot uh, speck in the Pacific. And they sail their boat as best they can to that island. And they jump off and are now shipwrecked on that island. Well, quite quite a different story from Lord of the Flies. Uh, these young men are shipwrecked for 15 months on this island. And what do they do? Do they descend into barbarism? Do they start to kill each other? Do they start to uh, break up into tribes? No. Instead, they work together. They become a band of brothers. They start to pray together to ask God to deliver them. They allow the older boys to guide the younger ones, and they do it kindly so that they're successful because there are as a, a range of ages there, obviously, and the older boys take the lead. They begin to assign, uh, create some structure 
uh, some society, we would say in our sociology classes, uh, they begin to assign duties and responsibilities and have work crews. Finally, they are able to start a fire, which is not as easy as some people think, just rubbing sticks together. And uh, they have a shift. They assign shifts to tend the fire around the clock. And who's ever on the shift tending the fire is also supposed to be offering prayers to God for their deliverance. Um, they eventually find an abandoned village of Ertangans who had once been there, and they find old machetes and pottery and so on. This helps them, and they begin to thrive. They begin to fish. They begin to uh, figure out uh, how to live on, on this island, which they do for 15 months. Think about that. 15 months. That's a year and three months, a long time. Finally, they are rescued. The way it happens is that an Australian lobster fisherman by the name of Peter Warner, he's going to play an important role in this story, uh, swings by the island, thinks he sees human forms waving at him on the island, goes closer. Suddenly, these human forms jump in the water and do what he, what Peter Warner called the Australian crawl. We would call it the American crawl here in the U.S., but, you know, that's just our, our competition with other nations. Uh, he's struck by this because he's a man of the sea, and he knows that not everybody knows how to do that kind of swimming, and so he knows that these are probably boys from some more civilized uh, island or area. They climb aboard his boat, tell him the story. He radios the capital of Tonga, asks about the boys. Uh, the radio operator tearfully says, yes, they were lost at sea. Um, their funerals have been, been held for them. That story is true. Obviously, Peter Warner sails these boys back to Tonga, and the boys are immediately arrested <laughs> because they've stolen a fishing boat. Can you imagine after 15 months? Um, but Peter Warner, again, I said he was important in this story. He actually pays the cost of that whaling boat. We're not talking about a massive ship here. We're talking about a, a hand-built whaling boat. Uh, so it's not, not that expensive. But yes, it costs a lot of money by that economy standards. And then he takes the boys. He puts the boys back on his boat and sails them to their village on Tonga, where, of course, there's tearful reunions. Now, what's the important thing about this story? The important thing about this story is that here is a real-life scenario like what happened in Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, fictional, 1954, um, and it portrays society as a thin veneer that is immediately cast aside by these British schoolboys, British schoolboys almost being the, the, the very image of civilization in the making, but the boys cast that off and become barbarians, murderous barbarians. But in the real story, 1965, these Tongan boys stuck on the island of Atta for a year and three months, they go the opposite direction. Faith, prayers, they even wrote songs. Uh, they even uh, did art. In other words, they, they turn towards civilization. They turn towards the things that make for civilized society, faith and common bonding and social structure and, uh, and assigned work and even the arts. They do all those things. Isn't it amazing? So what's fascinating, and by the way, let me just tell you right now, there's a great book about this. This is one of the reasons it's coming to our society's attention. Uh, there's a great book, which has, by the way, the worst cover I have ever seen for a book like this. I'm sorry to say this, um, but the book's called Humankind, A Hopeful History. And it was written by Rutger Bregman, a Dutchman, B-R-E-G-M-A-N, available now on Amazon. I'm not trying to sell the book. I just want you to know that it's the source for this story. 
But if you don't have time to read that book, you can go online right now, look up this story by any of the bits of information I've given you. Uh, You can see the 60 minutes treatment of this. 60 minutes recently did a story on this, which is available online. And uh, you can read many articles about it. Also, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, not long after this story occurred, took the boys back to Atta and filmed them recreating a lot of what they had done. Now, it's not going to be done with the same level of desperation and what have you, but at least you'll see the actual boys on the actual island doing what they did, or at least pretty close to it. And that's all available online. Now, why am I so intense about this story? Well, The Lord of the Flies story has been used, of course, generations now have been schooled in this approach or this thinking. It has been used not only to criticize society, which I think is not just a thin veneer, but is actually much deeper and much more powerful, but also it's been used to criticize men because these are males in this story, Lord of the Flies. And the assumption is that males are, you know, one glass of whiskey, one Uh, hour in the wild away from turning into barbarians all the time. And that's part of the prevailing knock on men in our generation. That's part of the prevailing uh, animosity towards them. It's feeding a lot of this uh, preoccupation with toxic masculinity. And you know, if you listen to this podcast, I believe there is toxic masculinity and I've defined it and broken out the word in its original language and etymology and, and think it's something we ought to combat. But As you well know, on the university campuses, men are taking a beating. Men are absolutely taking a beating. There are whole courses that that, uh, uh, bring to the fore the evils of men in society and patriarchy and all of this kind of thing. And books like Lord of the Flies feed this stuff because men spend five minutes on a desert island, throw off all constraints, start running around naked, start raping each other and murdering each other, break into tribes, go bloody, go pagan. And that's what is apparently circulating in the souls of men. Well, I know differently, not because I'm smarter than anybody else, but because I'm a man and I know that's not what's in my society. And if I was shipwrecked, God forbid, on a desert island or at least a deserted island with a bunch of men, I trust that we would begin to do exactly what happened in this story. We would turn to faith. We would turn to God in a deeper way. We would bond with each other. We would develop some degree of structure. We would begin to uh, work. We would begin to work for the common good. We would eventually, when, once there was plenty of food and you know we, were, we, we had pretty much taken care of the essentials, we would begin to create some music, some art, some entertainment. They, these guys, by the way, even played a rude version of, of badminton on the island just to pass the time and stay in shape. I mean, this is what civilization does. And I believe this is what's in the souls of men. I believe our our civilization is in us, and I don't believe that we're barbarians. I think we have the gifts that look sometimes like barbarianism because, yeah, we can fight, we can defend, we can protect, uh, we can we can kill animals, we can uh, grow food, we can work hard, we can break things, we can tame a wilderness. Um, those are muscular, strong, sometimes violent pursuits. And yeah, we can do those things, but that doesn't mean we're barbarians. And so you dads out there, I want you to be aware, all of you, not only perhaps about how you have been conditioned, but maybe what's happening with your kids. 
Maybe they're having to go to a school and read Lord of the Flies. Now, I believe in reading everything at, at, at the appropriate age. I've said many times in this podcast, I read very broadly, and I read stuff I don't agree with and stuff that would be offensive. I read gay literature. I read Marxist literature. I read ISIS literature because I want to be knowledgeable and be able to speak with authority to these issues. But you don't want your 10-year-old male, your 10-year-old little boy, um, or 13, 14, 15, whatever age they decide to do it in your school, B- reading Lord of the Flies and believing that's the, the final commentary on civilization and on men in general. So know this story, get this book, Humankind, uh, by Bregman, B-R-E-G-M-A-N, read it online, watch the film, have a counter in your soul, in your life, in your family. And by the way, I got a lot of educators who listen to this podcast. So in your school, maybe some of you guys are uh, even uh, in, in public schools or in private schools, and you've just accepted the presence of Lord of the Flies because uh, it's what it's what you were taught. Well, I'm not opposed to reading it. I just don't want it to be the only commentary on men and civilization that's being taught in these schools. So let's be good educators. Let's be on top of the stories that are being taught the next generation, because this is what great men do. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.